I am Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susie. And we're paranormal specialists who live in the most haunted city on earth, Savannah, Georgia. Every day is Halloween in our line of work, so join us as we spin true tales of haunts, murders, and disturbing Savannah history. I'm Madison. I'm Chris. And, and welcome, welcome to, to the most haunted city on earth. Well, hello and welcome back to another episode of the most haunted city on earth. My name is Madison Timmons. And I'm Chris Susie. And we are back with Michael Molina. You might recognize him in a different hat. What? Yes. Hola, it's me again. <laughs> um, now I have this legendary hat. Oh, it's sexy. It is Goran Bros. Yes, yeah, I love the little long neck monster. You know, <laughs> you, you mean Nessie? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, the long nest monster. The uh, long nest monster, long not Loch Ness. Long, long neck. Long yes. neck. He's got a long neck. Yes. Well, yes, we got yes. it. <laughs> We're right there with you. <laughs> but um, we are going to be talking about sleep paralysis because, Ooh. you know, Michael is here. So we were like, might as well just have you talk about it while you're here. So, so I'm back. Yes. I'm back. So hopefully you liked him the first time. <laughs> I hope you did. And if you didn't. <laughs> don't tell him. Yeah, don't, yeah, don't tell me. Just don't, just tell me I'm pretty and that you love my hat. Yes. Just do that and that's it. Absolutely. <laughs> so, Michael, tell us about your trauma. Um, <laughs> it all started the day I was born. <laughs> um, what would you like to know? Um, okay, so kind of run us through what happens with your particular sleep paralysis. All right. Um, I feel like it has evolved and I don't really know sure. how to explain it without going into detail. So when I was younger, I probably started experiencing this when I was six, maybe five or six. And I remember this one specific time where um so I was sleeping on my bed. It was the middle of the afternoon and I was I remember I was playing um The Lion King. I was watching The Lion King on TV and I remember I was watching it I'm guessing I fell asleep because I was watching it. One moment I was watching it from my bed and the next moment I was watching it from the ceiling. And I remember specifically that I moved and I saw myself laying on my bed from the ceiling, looking down at myself moving. But then I saw myself from the bed I looked up and I saw myself in the ceiling. So it's like a double thing. Right. It was so weird. And I know it sounds crazy, but but it was, (laughs) right. But it was, it was insane. It was so intense. It was like this out of body experience thing, which is why Insidious captures that so well. And um, that happened and it evolved from that to what I now call just, I'm just in bed, one, pers- one point of view kind of thing. I just see myself from my body. There's been times where I can actually realize that I'm outside my body and see myself from outside of my body, but usually I'm just in bed and there is just things around me, like all these shadow things, all these weird things going on. So it has evolved with time. 
sure. So yeah, I know it's a lot. But. No, no. I mean, well, honestly, we are not the people to yeah, say no. <laughs> your experience. We're never going to be like, oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> That's no, far uh, But what's interesting <laughs> you know? is um, there's an added element to your your sleep paralysis that mm-hmm. is not generally common, common yeah. which is the astral projection concept, mm-hmm. which kind of focuses closely not to freak you out or anything with demonic possession oh. where's jt jt <laughs> demon demon, I'm a demon. demon. <laughs> no um yes it's just Where? <laughs> it's michael it's me i'm the, oh, no i'm the gay demon though <laughs> the construct and concept of of astral projection leaving your body susceptible for demonic ass- assault is 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 a common belief is like if you leave the shell Mm-hmm. then it's it's a it's like a a car with the keys in right you know and so spirits are going to come by and be like oh nice car and jump in and try to take it for a ride um so that there's that's that's a really interesting notion of you being able to see your body because that right is a common thing with people who die have near-death experiences oh. Th- that very specific <laughs> thing being on the ceiling looking down mm-hmm. you hear that a lot when people are going through near-death experiences they talk about you know being over like the surgery table mm-hmm. or being over these things so um yeah i'm really fascinated by the fact that 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 was an introduction to that yes. that uh sleep paralysis world was an out-of-body experience yes so and- Oh, sorry. I was going to say, so what is also interesting is that you are technically a twin. And so, um, you know, twins are naturally usually kind of at a heightened different state when you have that connection um, from the womb with a second human being. A lot of times you are more open and um, more susceptible to, you know, paranormal activity. So I find it interesting that that you have that astral projection type of ability as well. But yeah, it's it's bizarre that you bring up, you know, my twin because I, for people who don't know, um, so I, I am a twin, but my my brother did pass away. But it was only like 20 days after birth because we were both uh, premature babies. Um, that being said, I've always wondered what it will feel like to have this connection with someone. I feel like twins are connected somehow. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And um yeah, I've never thought about it that way, well, to and be that, honest. That also <laughs> harkens into a construct and concept that in in the spirit realm, that connection is not severed. And so the you that was on the ceiling may not have been you. You may have been right. switching perception between right. the twin that, 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 that is spiritually following you around. And thereby, you know, in this state, you are able to switch you know oh that's cool that would and, be cool. Uh, that's yeah, so cool yeah, superpower <laughs> yeah a strange yeah. peculiar superpower but also raises the question of who's really sitting at the table with us Ooh. <laughs> is it michael or eric that Ooh. was his name oh. so eric if you're here <laughs> well, <laughs> and, floating. Would, right. and would eric even know is the is 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 is, is 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 a wider question because again uh, being a storyteller and a writer, it's like, well, this is an interesting one. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> because then it could be that sometimes Eric is driving the car and sometimes... <laughs> That's so interesting. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, and then and now we have an interesting like, yeah. whole uh, series of, of questions. But I do like the, the, the connotation, and we had discussed this a little. Uh, we just recently had a live um, 
a podcast with some Patreon members, but we discussed the idea of sleep as being the field between living and death. You know, you're, you're, you're giving up a lot of the solidity of the real world mm-hmm. in dream and a lot of the things that we accept as truth and reality. And now you're in the dream realm where on the other side of the dream realm is death, you know, is, is, right. so mm-hmm. spirits can be infiltrating and moving through. And so when you're, you, when you're suffering from sleep paralysis, you are looking basically straight through the veil. You can, you're, you're, you're asleep, but awake, <laughs> you're dreaming, right. but awake. Uh, and uh, I think one of the questions that came up was, do you have any iconic things in your visions? Like, do you see something regularly, the same thing? Or is it, is it amalgam of, of different and shifting things? Usually, it, it's just shadow, what I like to call shadow people. Sure. Oh, yeah. There, there's, it's a bunch of shapes and shadows. And more than anything, it is voices. Like, deep, like, demonic creepy would you say they're the same voices no it's multiple multiple voices it's a lot of voices and they all kind of like merge together and i can hear them and then i start i'm like okay i'm i'm in the little insidious world right now i need to i need to snap out of it okay what can i do but i cannot move and there's instances where i do you know astral project and i do see myself struggling to get up um i the times that I have come close to myself, I can't really touch and like reach out to me or like touch me mm-hmm. because there's like shadow things blocking me from, oh. I guess, going back into my body. Yeah. So whenever I wake up from this, it has to be the real me who wakes up. It's not. It's never the opposite way. It's never, you know, the abstract me waking the real me up. It's usually I have to wake up in order to come back in. Gotcha. Um, otherwise, I just get lost and it's everything goes dark. And it's this whole thing where, and the weirdest thing is, I, I remember this because I was, it's happened a few times, but I feel one of the very first times that it happened, I... I was I had the TV on and I know when it's going to happen like before I go to sleep I have a feeling that it's going to happen and I was watching Chelsea lately that night because <laughs> I, I love Chelsea lately and uh, I fell asleep while watching it and then I could hear it from my sleeping body so my real self my eyes were closed and I could hear Chelsea talking but then from my abstract self I was watching the TV and I could see it from my abstract self and hear it from my sleeping self. Interesting. It's so weird. That is super weird. Right. And I remember this happened in high school and my best friend at the time, (laughs) she, she was like, you might need some meds. (laughs) (laughs) You're crazy. She's not my best friend anymore for a lot of reasons. But, but, um, yeah, she, she was like, do you think this is some kind of, you know, mental disorder or something like that? Mm -hmm. Just because it was, it was so bizarre. I'm like, no, I've experienced this. And then I remember maybe a year later or so insidious came out and everything just clicked i'm like okay there's more people like me out there like this is not just me going insane yeah. <laughs> you know well, you know and it's interesting because um 
for those of you who haven't seen Insidious, spoilers. Um, <laughs> it is about uh, when you're young, uh, having the ability to explore, and they called it the further. Yeah. Yes. Uh, to explore basically the realm of the veil, going into the realm of whatever's left behind, and being able to just travel and, and view and see and watch from this extended version, which is more of that astral projection, more of that mm-hmm. out-of-body experience things. And, of course, leaving your body very vulnerable to yes. assault and attack. And, um, and it becomes a beacon. You know, uh, a body without someone at the steering wheel that... It- it draws, yeah, it yeah. lights up. It's a bright light in the dark, and these shadow figures, these multiple voices, all of that are the parasites, the parasitics, the mm-hmm. the spirits that that seek life above all other things. Once they want to be alive again, and the easiest way to do that is to keep the driver from the car, you know, to <laughs> to, to get in and to 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 maintain control. So it's it's fascinating because we are we are now out of sleep paralysis mm-hmm. uh, a good deal you know while you while i think you were having all of the classic notions of sleep paralysis we are talking about astral projection astral projection sure. uh and you know I, we use the word demon a lot um but you know without the religious connotations just these dark figures yeah that are drawn specifically to um to cracks in our reality <laughs> ways in and uh, and a person who can do this, uh, you know, uh, is a is a doorway, mm-hmm. you know, uh, because uh, in our last podcast you had mentioned that Insidious was very much like a um, a reflection of what you go through. Yes. And in my mind, I was like, that's interesting because in my mind, I'm like, is sleep paralysis the thing that goes on in that movie? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, no, not exactly, but. You now you you tend to now have the first person account, the, the inside the body, yes. frozen in bed account, yes. which I wonder if that's not because you as you grow older you kind of recognize the threat. Yes, it you know, could be. Um, I I think last time I had it was probably like two, maybe three months ago, mm-hmm. um, and it's weird because the older I get, the less I have them. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause when I was younger, I'll have them all, all the time. It will be almost a, a nightly thing, especially when I was like five, six, it will happen a lot. And, uh, yeah, the ominous rain now coming. Oh my, <laughs> oh my Michael, God. did you pay for this? Did I you? did. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. <laughs> it's just um, thunderously raining yes, now. I love this. It's adding uh, to the dramatics of, yes. you know, my um, out-of-body experiences and going into the realm, into yes. the further. Into the further, yes. <laughs> into the further. Uh, but it's no, but. interesting um, that you say it's gotten less and less because children are the most susceptible to mm, astral absolutely. projection. Children are often the most susceptible to most paranormal things yes. just because they're so curious they're so like open to any kind of concept if you tell them like yeah at night you can fly outside your body they're like absolutely i can do that like there's no limits to children and so um you know but it does scar kids when you go into something that's so scary as astral projecting because yes there are some very interesting things that can happen in the plane 
But like from other people who have talked about, you know, astral projection, most of them explain it the same way you're saying, where it's very dark and it's just these shadowy creatures Mm -hmm. that are there and it's frightening and there's such dark patches. And especially when you were a child, children are the brightest light of all of them. So, of course, they're going to want to get to you out of everybody. Did you ever wake up from those like episodes with like bruises or scratches on you? Because that's... Not that I know of. Um, again, I don't think I've ever been touched by any sure. of the shadowy creatures. It's more like they want to come near me. But somehow, I i don't know if it's the real self or, or the outer self. But somehow, I keep them away. Sure. And then I snap out of it because I know I'm in it. I know I'm in it. And one thing I've noticed is when I am in it, time changes. It's not, it feels like an eternity when I'm there. And it's only been five, 10 minutes in real time. But there, it just feels so long and everything is so gray and and just, it just creepy. Overall, it's just creepy. There are all these things on you. And part of me wants to explore, right? Sure. Part of me is like, I wonder if, I can just go down the hallway if I can go to the kitchen or do this or do that. And I never have. And it's smart. Yeah, <laughs> probably a good idea. <laughs> right. I mean, when obviously when I was younger, it was obviously out of fear. I'm like, I don't want to go down there. I want to wake up. Let's wake up. But now as an adult, it's yes, it's 100 percent out of fear, too. But it's more that I now recognize that I am there and that I don't belong there. And I'm like, I need to get out of here. You know, I don't want to be here. I don't want to explore. I need to wake up. So I make the noises. I make the noises and I wake up somehow. (laughs) Well, that's amazing uh, to connect to the physical nature of hearing because right. that's a physical action. Right. People, a lot of times we get confused when we talk about spirits watching us and spirits you know, hearing us or even spirits speaking because they don't have ears, they don't have eyes, and they don't have vocal cords. So it, it, there is a different thing going on in their perception than what we are used to thinking of. So like you're, right. you're calling out upon a physical thing. When you, when you make noise, so there's a little you know, drum in your ear beating out the vibrations so that you, you, right. you are, you're going through that natural anchor yes. of a physical body. Here's a question. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you ever slept, uh, uh, been a, have you ever slept walk? Slept to walk? Is that Sleep right? Sleepwalking. Sleepwalking. Yeah. Do you, no. you ever sleepwalk? I never have. That's great. I because never have. I've always termed sleepwalking as the other side of sleep paralysis. Because sleep paralysis is basically waking up and not being able to move. Sleepwalking is being able to move without waking up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm a so, sleepwalker, so that freaks me out. Well, that's just yeah, it. Uh, because being asleep, and not to be overly dramatic, but I think sleepwalking is closely uh, linked to possession because it is a period of time when you are not in control. And so what is, you know, and people are like, oh, well, you know, it's a subconscious. So it's this, it's that. It's like, yeah, but when, you, when, you, when you're around enough of supernatural events, paranormal activity, you start to realize that that chief and, you know, uh, overriding desire to be a part of the material world of spirits, especially spirits that were never a part of the material world, demons or creatures that have never been human, Mm -hmm. their desire to experience this world is so overwhelming that when we're asleep, 
like we said, we're exploring a dream world. We're right. having these 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 um, many out of body experiences because we don't bring our consciousness with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you start moving around, if you walk around, if you find yourself walking around. Because <laughs> yeah. I used to, ha- I had a, a series of terrible sleepwalking bouts uh, in high school. And I had acquired an old gnarly book that, um, that you know, I was reading as much as I could, but it was like crazy translations. And it was a demonology book. Um, and during the time that I had that book, I, I would find myself in the woods. I'd wake oh, up in the woods. Wow. Uh, I mean, my house was in the woods, so it wasn't like I, yeah. I, I oh, took a, a I mean, huge journey. Yeah. It was like out into my yard and out. And, and we had a right. pool, which at some point I was afraid I was going to walk into that pool. Um, but that notion of uh, something is, is, is making me sleepwalk. And it's like I'm having – so I, I deemed it – I'm having bad dreams based on this book. So I got rid of the book. Mm. And the moment the book was no longer in my house, I never slept walk again. Wow. And oh. I was like, hmm mm. – so whenever I talk to sleepwalkers, I always like, so tell me, huh? how's your paranormal life? How's, <laughs> yeah, right. how, 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 how do you approach paranormal activity? See, it's funny because I've only sleptwalked for like a handful of times in my life. And, but I always sleepwalk with my eyes open, which okay, is even freakier. Yeah. Because yeah. um, the first time I ever uh, was sleepwalking, I was probably like 11 or 12 years old. And um, my sister was younger, obviously. And so... She uh, sometimes liked to sleep on the little couch that was in my parents' bedroom. And so my mom woke up one night because she heard something moving in her room. And she sees me walking over to the couch and staring at my sister with my eyes wide open. And she was like, Madison, Madison, hello. She's like, what are you doing? And then I go to sit on my sister. And then I look back at her. And then she goes, no, you can't, like, get off, get, get up. And I was like that and then i got back up and then i walked back to my room which was so bizarre that is super bizarre and then i had a sleepwalking incident recently it wasn't that bad it was just bizarre because again i sleptwalk with my eyes open but i brought and this is in our house now which we did talk about this briefly where i've been having weird instances in my house in general but i brought my dog with me and I woke up in the morning on our couch with my dog. Oh. And I'm like, this is so strange. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Been having weird instances with dreams recently. Uh, I told the uh, parajunkies that were on our live stream how I had a dream recently where, and this is after I did a little mini investigation in our house. And I found some like very odd evidence where I believe that like somebody was murdered in the unit upstairs in the attic area. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> our house is very haunted. Michael's staying with us. So like, he's like, mm, congratulations. <laughs> Fun. So what I saw last night was real. I'm uh, right. I'm like, uh, if you did, you probably saw Ooh. something. On your way to sleep tonight, go up into the attic. <laughs> okay. Yes. Let, uh, yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> and so um, I had this dream a couple weeks ago where basically I was in an attic that I didn't recognize but I felt like something was there and so I have a tendency to be curious so I called out to whatever was there I was like hey if something's here you know make yourself known and I just hear a crying woman crying woman crying woman like repeating over and over and over again and then I feel like physically in my body something grab my ankle and in the dream it is dragging me around this attic area 
And then when I wake up, because I was like, ah, oh, okay, get out of that, you know, right. and I still feel that hand on my ankle, like, like it was grabbing my leg. Wow. Mm. So weird things have been happening. Um, I think just this house in general uh, has really unlocked a new paranormal sense of mine, Sure. <laughs> um, which, you know, happens, but the sleepwalking thing has always confused me in my well, yeah, and I'm not saying that sleepwalking is inherently supernatural, and I, I'm not suggesting that, but I have noted that we are, when we talk about dreams and we talk about being able to communicate in dreams, the susceptibility of a human being while asleep to paranormal assault, pretty high. Yeah. Because you're already in a, a, a brain pattern that accepts a wider reality than the one we live in. So, you know, that, that's pretty inviting for a ghost and a spirit. Yeah. I've never experienced sleepwalking. Yeah. Um, the closest thing, like, uh, for those of you who don't know, on the previous episode, I mentioned how in order for me to get out of my uh, sleep paralysis, I have to make these noises for me to wake up. Uh, and that will be the closest thing I have ever experienced uh, to sleepwalking. It awakes, I'm making noise while sleeping. So it's sleep noises, I guess. Yeah. But funnily enough, my grandmother, my abuela, she sleepwalks. Oh. A lot. Interesting. A lot. Um, and she would not only sleepwalk, she will like physically assault you when she was sleeping. Huh. Oh uh, she will walk with her eyes open. She will slap you. She slapped me a couple of times. Sometimes I wonder, were you really sleeping though? <laughs> no, but but really this one specific time. Oh my god, I'll, I'll never forget it. She uh <laughs> So back in Venezuela, uh, I shared uh, my room with my grandmother. So I would sleep with her on the same bed. And uh, she woke up screaming. And I'm just like, okay, she's screaming again. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, but then she crawled. She crawled from one side of the bed to the other. So she's, she's in this end and I'm here. She crawled to this end of the bed to the corner. And she was just staring at me. And I remember we had an AC on the wall and the light of the AC was hitting her in the face because everything else was pitch black except that one little light and her eyes were hazel. They are hazel. She's alive. Hola, abuela. <laughs> um, <laughs> her eyes are hazel and she literally looked like the exorcist. It was so creepy. It was like, what is she doing? Um, this one time though, she woke up because she was being robbed, um. right? And she started running all over the house. Like she ran, came back in the room and started hitting and punching the closet door oh. because he was taking her purse away from her. Oh. Abuela, no. <laughs> and the, cl the, cl <laughs> the closet door, it literally snapped and it fell on her foot, on her big toe. And it broke her toe. And she was screaming and crying, right? Because I'm guessing that woke her up. Yeah, sure. Right, right. But I didn't believe her. <laughs> I thought she was having a moment. And I'm like, oh, my God, abuela, go to sleep. <laughs> Déjame dormir. Like, please go to sleep. And she's crying and crying. And I'm like, she's having a moment. Like, having a moment. And I remember, I remember my aunt comes from the other room. She comes into the room and she's like, 
what's going on? Like, is she okay? And I'm like, she's fine. She's fine. <laughs> she's fine. She's literally just having a moment. Like, she's just she just having, beat up the she's just sleepwalking. Yeah. <laughs> and then the following day, we had to take her to the hospital. Aww. Oh, poor thing. Because her, her toe broke. <laughs> so it's funny to me how she sleepwalks, but then I'm able to do this astral projection thing. Sure. So I am guessing. Oh, it's generational. It's a generational sure. thing. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah that, which, and that's fascinating. That which fascinating. I never really thought of mm-hmm. until now. I'm like, yeah. huh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> things like that get passed down through family members all the time. Usually if somebody has some type of abilities in the family, somebody else has abilities and mm-hmm. they're just not saying it. So it's like, you know, um, and it's, especially with grandmothers i find like the mater like the matriarch of the family mm-hmm. usually yeah, they they got something going on it's just you know yeah it's absolutely. super common but poor abuela she, she i feel so sorry for her she's fine she's doing oh great. my god she's, she's doing great he's she's, like don't worry about her she's fine that was like 20 years ago okay yeah she's fine now. She, she beat the closet door she that did. closet door Stole her purse. Stole her purse. <laughs> steal her purse because she, she will take you out. At the cost of her own toe, she will take you down. Yeah. <laughs> at the end of the day, she's Latina and you don't mess with a Latina. So I will. Well, I mean, <laughs> that's fascinating too. Yeah, uh, the, the, the concept of how determined people sleepwalking right. can, can become. You know, and, and people do think oftentimes that sleepwalkers are, are, are walking with their eyes closed. Mostly they're open-eyed because... They, there's enough notion in a sleepwalker's ability to move around to know I need to see. Yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, it just, you're just not accessing that conscious brain. Uh, and I've, I've seen sleepwalkers who inhabit entirely different personas mm-hmm. when they are sleepwalking, yes. and that is really bizarre because it's like, where is that coming from? How are you doing that? You know, is this, is this the, the subconscious you know, manifestation or is there something else in charge there? Because that's right. very odd. Because um, it's one thing to have like, you know, thinking that someone stole your purse and, and chasing them through the house. It's another thing if you show up and you're, you know, a sailor. And yeah, like, right. You know, yeah. you know, we're going down, raise the sails, move. You're like, what is happening? What is going on? <laughs> oh, they have a completely different name. Or completely yeah. different oh, name. God. Or answer to different names. <laughs> yes. or, or, or announce themselves. Yeah. In different oh, ways. Yeah. On a totally different um, side note to that, uh, you should watch The Visit. Um, <laughs> the visit. Have you seen that? No. Oh my gosh! It's all about like uh, it's creepy. It's um, creepy. Super creepy. It's kind of got that same vibe of like this grandma that like does really weird things at night, and it's super horrifying. I think you might enjoy it. I'll definitely enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> you should. You should watch it uh, because when you're saying that, it really reminded me of that movie because it's like these two kids that come to stay with their grandparents and whatnot, but grandma goes crazy. So. Mm, Definitely okay. fun. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. It's a cheery, a cheery yeah. holiday movie. Yes. Gather holiday around. Movie. Yeah. Gather around and watch the visit. It's a nice, wholesome family movie. <laughs> you know? it's, uh, but, um, you know, it's, it's always interesting to hear, like, how it can be passed down these, like, kind of gifts of sort. Although astral projection is questionable if it's a gift, you know, for yeah. some people. Well, yeah. it's a gift if you can do it on command. It's not a gift if you're just tossed yeah. out of your body at random. Right. Yes. <laughs> right. Just, like, yeeted out. Yeah. And so it's right. like. <laughs> and, some, and sometimes I, I wish that I could, just, I could just do it on command. Sure. But I'm glad that 
now I'm, I guess, strong enough to snap out of there. Yeah, I willingly. think that that's amazing. Yes. Right. Know, uh, because uh, a lot of people never get to that point. Right, because it is, it is scary. It's not, it's not a nice place to be in. And, uh, you know, uh, I've learned my little tricks to get out of there. Mm-hmm. So... Well, and it's interesting to have you talk about it, too, because astral projection in, like, the past five years has been so romanticized. Like, people are like, oh, it's so interesting to, like, have these out-of-body experiences. This is how you learn to astral project. This is how you do this. This is how you do this. And the voices of the people who have actually done it, like, and have seen how scary it can be in the plane, they try to be like, no, you don't want to do that. And one of the interesting things, though, is... Because there's a you know a path to enlightenment that at at a certain stage you're astral projecting at will and you're doing these things, but it, the journey itself involves fortifying yourself and it takes you know a lifetime of discipline mm-hmm. and of practice and of 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 peaceful notion. So you know there and of course there are shortcuts. Of course there are ways to to put yourself into that state, but uh, when you hear the stories of people who have you know, made that ascension through meditation and they do the out-of-body experience. It's a very, it, it is, it's romanticized, but it is through a process of reinforcing what you're going to do when you're there, which is find peace, you know, right. which is, and so they always talk about being in a place of light and it's like, that's great. But if you just, if you just jump out of your body, you're probably going to be in the swamp. You're probably going to be right yeah. there in the dark with the shadows because that's where we exist. You know, we are, we are trudging along. We are not monks. We're not exactly. living, we're not living right. on top of mountains, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, dedicating our life to peaceful thoughts. We are inundated with all kinds of things. And we are very tasty morsels to, you know, the spirits that are all around us. Mm-hmm. Well, and there's so many parasitics out there, like parasitic spirits, I should say, that are out there just looking for opportunity. And it's like, if you don't know what you're doing, it's it's dangerous and that's what the problem is is because the voices of those who are like hey don't do that like if you don't know what you're doing like don't like just immediately decide like one night i'm like i'm gonna astral project it's right. like don't do that and yeah. so like have you ever heard of people who um who've had adverse effects to ambien yes so ambien is a fascinating <laughs> pill because apparently there are conditions in which when you take ambien if you don't go to sleep you still enter the dream state and and it causes horrible. I have a friend who who literally like tried to uh, take. He took drank every alcohol in the house out of the bar, all of it. He took every pill in the cabinets. He tried to freebase an aloe plant, all while on this while, while on Ambien, and he went blind. Like he was like in the hospital blind. He could not wow. see. They they weren't sure he would have brain function again. They were really concerned for him. And this was all as a side effect of the fact that he was somehow in a dream state and that dream state made him want to abuse alcohol and drugs. And I was like, that is the most outlandish. But then I think about when you hear side effects and they're like, you know, uh, increased gambling. Increased gambling is a side effect (laughs) of taking a a, a medication. And they're like, you know, um, self-destructive behaviors, uh, sleep driving. I'm like, what? And it's like, yeah, you can take Ambien and then end up in a car. 
driving somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm really wary of this. How? How's that? So they're like, you know, be sure if you're going to take this medication that you are on your way to bed, that you are going to be asleep before the drug really, really, you know, does its work. I'm like, that's fascinating. That is horrifying. But it does. It does speak that. to this concept of our bodies having kind of a, 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 a puppety effect. Yes. You know, once 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 we've entered the dream state, any number of things can can yeah. can take charge. And even if it's just some corridor in our brain that takes charge, that was a corridor that was closed off to the waking world for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know it. It's not fun to be there. And you feel very vulnerable. I don't know how to explain it. It's a different kind of vulnerability. It's not like, you know how people say, oh, when you're, you're naked in front of others, that's the most vulnerable you'll be or something like mm. that. But that's not it. It's, it's, a diff- it's like a deeper, I don't know. Well, your soul is exposed, essentially. Right. I don't know how to explain it. And especially when you have all these things looking well, yeah. at you wanting you in a way uh, but never truly coming close enough to you to to do any harm but you know they're there and right. i feel like that makes it even it must even be that worse. instinctual sensation of being prey you right. know there's there's an instinctual sensation to something hunting you or something and we don't really get to feel that as humans because we are rarely in that and even when predatory people are after us we, we still have a lot of our logic to help right. us, guide us, but to be in full notion, like if you've ever been in front of a, a really scary, like wild animal, like a, a big dog or a big cat, and you're like suddenly realizing, well, there's nothing. There's no talking my way out of this. There's no, right. yeah. you know, there is no, because even being naked in front of a crowd, you can conceivably talk your way or, or, or mm-hmm. but you know, grizzly bear comes around the corner what piece of you do you offer the grizzly bear to right. not eat you? <laughs> right. You know? and, and it's also, I feel like it also has to do with the unknown. Yes. I'm in this, in this other realm in a way that I, I don't know what it's made out of. I, I know nothing. I don't, I don't know my surroundings. I don't know anything. And that adds to the whole idea of like, I don't belong here. And that's why I need to get out of there. It's like, wake up. <laughs> yeah. Pig snorts. <laughs> there you go. Brilliant. Just do pig snorts. Um, and not everybody's going to come up with that answer. You know? That That's is true. Incredible. Everybody kind of has their own ways of getting out of things like that is what I've seen or heard. Everybody has like whatever makes you feel like the most in control of yourself. So for you, you're like, okay, I know like noise is going to wake me up. So, you know. Snort, it snort it yeah. out. <laughs> so Click or, or snort. Yes. But then there's other people that are like, my conviction comes through my faith. So it's like... Although if they're calling out, they are also engaging that physical... Yeah. You know, if they're calling out verbally, they can hear it and acknowledge the difference between that dream state mm-hmm. of, of helplessness and trapped to the physical state of I'm in a physical place. You know, right. I, I have... You know, I, I can... I can kickstart the, the engine. Because a lot of people will explain it. Um, when you go to sleep, there's a piece of your brain that gets flicked off so that you don't move around in your sleep acting out your dreams. When you, there's times when you wake up and that switch doesn't get turned back on, so right. your body is still, you know, technically asleep, still knocked out. Um, and that's the opposite of sleepwalking. You know, that switch doesn't get turned, you know, doesn't get flicked off. And so you have the ability to move and interact as if you are awake but you're dreaming. 
So, you know, being able to wake yourself up, anything that would wake yourself up. And that's the tricky thing of sleepwalking, I think, is because in your dream state, as you're moving around, you are adapting to the the, uh, uh, stimulus that's coming at you. Uh, Luckily, when you're in sleep process, the stimulus is so, because you can't move, is so fixated that you can, you know, make a noise or or try to shake yourself out of it. And there's been a lot of studies done on people who, you know, experience sleep paralysis. Um, Like, they call them sleep studies, and they Mm -hmm. put all these little, um, I don't know, how do you you call those? Uh, They're like, like, yes, they put it all over your body and all over your head, and they monitor everything. And everyone has a different experience, but they have noticed that there is a specific part of the brain that lights up when they're in this state, in this Mm -hmm. realm, you know, uh, and they can't really explain it. As of now, there is no explanation for this. Um, The brain uh, is so mysterious. (laughs) Right. A lot of, um, you know, doctors and scientists, um, what they say is, oh, technically you're in the state of you are dreaming, but not fully asleep so you are still a little bit awake and that's why you're hallucinating and you're seeing all these things in front of you but that's the only thing they mm-hmm. say that's all they to offer, right? there is <laughs> yeah. nothing else that it's like everyone experiences this differently but at the end of the day they either cannot move at all and they see things or they after project like I do is this whole weird phenomenon that I dived into because I never knew that was a thing I thought that I was the only one yeah. you know I thought if I told people this they're gonna think I'm crazy so um yeah it's great it, is. <laughs> it sounds like a grand old time I'm sure it's great it's yeah. fantastic try everybody it. should try yeah. it yeah call me and try it <laughs> yeah um you know now I'm like gonna do some deep diving into sleepwalking and how it affects paranormal because i don't know why i've never I'm, even I'm thought of that, by that. Yeah. Uh, and you know i don't know that people make these direct because when things happen in commonplace enough that we we determine it as not being special you know i i go on about this a lot with childbirth you know we we've kind of just decided that it's not a miracle you know, it's, it's medical, it's biological. It's say like, no, it's, it's a miracle. That's a human being. It came out of nothing. You know, <laughs> that, 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 yeah. that human being was not here, you know, nine months ago. It <laughs> did not exist at all. So, you know, the fact that we can um, water down wonder, you know, sleepwalking is fascinating when you think about it. It is you not in control, moving about, right. doing things, acting out, uh, scenarios and and having these you know weird physical adventures that's your body on the line there right yeah you know and no there's no real telling how many deaths are attributable to sleepwalking because mm-hmm. who knows somebody could just walk out on their balcony over the balcony and people would think they fell by accident or that they killed themselves could have been a sleepwalking incident you know, rolling down the stairs, you know, um, sleep driving now, a thing to be worried about. That is true. Yeah, yeah and make sure uh, you don't do what I did, like grab your dog. Nope. Like Argyle, though. Although, if Argyle <laughs> was sweet about it, you know. I mean, she stayed with me. I was yeah. like, you're you're the real one. You're a homie, apparently. <laughs> so it's like, because uh, she didn't leave. She's like, oh, mom's crazy. It's okay, <laughs> you know. 
Um, but don't take your dog with you when you sleep <laughs> uh, sleepwalking. So yeah, you walk the dog. JT right about killed me when he when I told him because he, he woke up obviously and I wasn't there and he was like, "Why are you out here? And why do you have argyle?" And I'm like, "Oh, I must have sleptwalk." And he's like you did what with my dog you did what because <laughs> that is his baby if y'all haven't realized right Aww. now um he didn't care that i was sleepwalking <laughs> he was just mad that she was with me for the journey <laughs> so well you know and and if the dog were in any peril i'm sure the dog would have made noise i'm sure argyle would have barked or or woken you up so yeah. at the very least the fact that you can pick up a dog without alarm without the dog <laughs> yeah. being alarmed, maneuver the dog around and sit down somewhere else with it and, and, and be, you know, engaging with, her. with the dog. Uh, that's fascinating. Yeah. It was her and not Tartan, which was really weird. That's telling. Yeah, I know, right? And Ooh. Tartan probably would have been even calmer about it. it. Even if I did something really bizarre, he probably wouldn't have alarmed or alerted anyone. Um, you know, Argyle, I'm very surprised she cooperated with that. I'm very shocked she didn't kick me in the neck or something. And then, like, <laughs> I was asleep, like, leave me alone, you know? She is very sassy. She's very she sassy. Is. Silky Terrier, but, you know. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you, Michael, for uh, this lovely discussion of your childhood um, problems, and I guess. Trauma. Yeah, yeah, trauma. That's great. Thank you that's for sharing how, your that's trauma. That's how we're bonding, through trauma. Yes. <laughs> um, but this is this turned from like a conversation that I thought was going to go really different yeah. to a whole new topic. Well, that we're going to have to find another sleep paralysis person I know. Well, get in there. <laughs> maybe we'll have Kiwan. I don't know if Kiwan will want to talk about his sleep paralysis, but maybe one we'll day. We'll keep it very clinical. Yes, very clinical. Yes. Um, but yeah, definitely. Uh, it was very interesting to talk about astral projection since we have never talked about that. Surprisingly. The, yeah. I mean, it, it, that is a key component in a lot, especially possession stories. When people talk about possession, a lot of times the person who was possessed will talk about watching from the outside, basically mm -hmm. being forced out of the body or compressed into a place, a dark place that they couldn't quite access. So um, I, I often think of like the moment you first hear astral projection and dark shadowy figures like, oh, really? <laughs> oh, tell me more. Yeah, tell yes. me more. Shall I call the priest? Right. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Um, but awesome. So if you guys have any sleep paralysis stories that you'd like to share with us, you're more than welcome to send those our way. Um, if you don't already follow us on TikTok, go follow us over at the Savannah Underground and then on Instagram at the most haunted city on earth. We have lots of fun merch on Haunted City Podcast. That's our website. Um, and if you are a para junkie, you have a secret store coming to you soon. So lots of fun stuff coming around. Uh, but with that, y'all, thank you so much for watching. My name is Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susie. And stay spooky, y'all.